So far away, Lucas, there's uh, quite a lot happened in last two weeks. Uh, quite a lot of things, yeah. Not not necessarily good things. Well, things happened. Yeah. Things certainly happened. And I, I, I feel compelled to mention this because this has been a source of like just incredible frustration to me for the last couple of days. I know that the Ukraine has been invaded by Russia. Please stop requesting wiki weekends about it. That's so fucking insensitive. I can't believe when I saw that on Twitter last night. Yeah, and so to clarify, um, the guy, the president of Ukraine, um, uh, Zelensky, is it? A lot has emerged. I'm not sure how to pronounce it because I've I've only seen it written down. I believe it's Zelensky, and there's been a lot has emerged about him having a very interesting life because Mm -hmm. the internet has taken it upon themselves to like lionize this man. It makes sense, you know, because he's like, you know, he's a symbol of resistance against. Um, uh, like just Russia, uh, the Russian superpowers. Like he's like the ultimate underdog story of like the president of his tiny. And the more that gets revealed about this guy, the cooler he seems to be. Like oh, he yeah, he randomly. seems like a cool, genuine guy that's like you know wanting to do the best for his country. As far as I'm aware, anyway. Yeah, and he's like there's all those pictures of him. Like he's like you no know, eating with his soldiers, and he's got a lot of like great quotes. Like uh, he refused to have a portrait taken and stuff like that. And there's a quote from him about. Um, don't have a portrait of me on your desk, have a portrait of your wife and kids. And when you make decisions for politics, um, uh, let that inform your decision, not your uh, love for me or your country mm-hmm. and stuff. And then it turns out, oh, he's the voice of Paddington Bear in the Ukrainian version of Paddington. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so but I've been inundated with, oh, you should do a wiki weekend about the president of Ukraine. It's like war is not a spectator sport, fucking hell. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I just put an update on the channel earlier today of like please stop requesting this you fucking weirdos and they're like, people like well why is it weird people want to know about him it's like the tone we strike him, there's ways that you can know about him with, without us trying to like essentially profit off him being part of this whole terrible mess and I legitimately don't know how we'd even go about making that video and not have it come across as just wildly insensitive yeah I, I, I have no fucking clue it's either we joke about this guy because that's the thing we could record that video and he could get hit by an airstrike tomorrow. Yeah. Like, that's the world we live in right now. He could be killed by an airstrike at any moment because, like, there's Russian assassins after him. It's like, how fucking insensitive is it if we go, wow, what a badass, this guy's great, he's dead. Why are you milking his death for clicks? Mm-hmm. Or why are you milking a world war for clicks? It's like, fucking hell. Yeah, and I really... So, uh, yeah. You know, I think it goes without saying that. I really fucking hope it doesn't go that way. But I, regardless of, like, how things turn out, it's like, I don't want us to, A, even attempt to, but B, even, like, look like we might be thinking about, like, considering profiteering off, like, somebody that's having their, like, country invaded and, like, this horrible it's, war. It's baffling the amount of people who are like, well, why? It'd be a good topic. I think you'd really enjoy talking about it. It's like, no, I'm not. It's war. People are dying. It's like, this is the reason that people cover, like, history, because there's that time to like heal and look back on things rather than like the immediate shit show that's happening right now well that's the thing it's uh there's stuff going around like i've seen screenshots of like react youtubers reacting to footage of like combat of like oh look here's ukraine like ukrainian street combat here we go it's me reacting to it and it's like what and it's like it's obviously it is 
major worldwide news, but like every day I go on Reddit and it's just people lionizing this and like every subreddit will have the same video just with a different title of like, be amazed. Here's like Rush, uh, here's Ukrainian people making mock, like the one I saw this morning. Be amazed, like the RBMAs thing of uh, Ukrainian people making Molotov cocktails and everyone's like, wow, this is so inspiring. It's like, these are people fighting for their fucking lives. And you're and like- you're trying to be like, wow, look how cool this is. It's like, fuck off. Oh, and, like, like if, I get that, you know, you could turn around and be like, yeah, but they're doing it on TV too. You know who's doing it on TV? Like news channels. Journalists. Yeah. People who literally have jobs to inform people about this matter and not just put up stupid fucking reacts videos. That's not... The intention of those react videos is to not educate anybody. It's to profit off a war. Yeah. L- literal war profiteering. Mm-hmm. And like, you might think, oh, that's a... It's a bit of a stretch. Well, they're making money off reacting to a war. What else is it? War profiteering, yes. And it's like one that I saw that like it made me legitimately angry. Is it's just like a picture of Zelensky just being a cool dude, and it's like makes you proud, doesn't it? It's like why the fuck does it make you proud? Are you Ukrainian? Like- and it's like no, because I clicked on that and like, is this like someone who's Ukrainian? And it's like I'm not Ukrainian, but I feel proud of just like you know people right now. It's like, why are you making this about you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> this isn't about you. And just, uh. and I just want to urge people to, you know, go and look at ways that um, you can help support Ukraine at the moment. Like, don't go and give those fucking YouTubers or Reddit posts clicks. Just like, if you if you can, if you can afford to, like, go and help support the Ukrainian people rather than like give these shit show people some attention mm-hmm. and just the amount of um like weirdly i think we, we talked about the uh that case that lady went missing where it's people are so desperate for there to be a narrative about real life like because real life is confusing and scary and things sometimes happen without rhyme or reason people mm-hmm. are just latching onto a narrative and this guy um, he's been held up as like, you know, he's a protagonist, essentially a hero of a story that's been told. And that is very comforting, I imagine, to have that. But real life doesn't always have a happy ending. And like, because I think, I forget the name of the lady now, went missing, but Joe, the one who went, uh, her boyfriend got her. Like, his boyfriend killed her, then killed himself. And there were people who were legitimately mad that the guy killed himself because, like, well, that's not a satisfying conclusion to this story, is it? It's like, this is someone's life. Yeah. It's not a, it's not a fucking true crime show for you to binge. And it's just that weird disconnect that people have, isn't it? Of like seeing something through whatever screen they're consuming this through. They they seem to have that weird disconnect and forget that those people on the other side of those cameras are real fucking people. The people they're reading about in articles are real fucking people and not something for them to just get a satisfying conclusion out of a story. Yeah. And that's just There's plenty of books. Go read a fucking book. It's, It's just... It's so frustrating because the amount that I get, that all that I've had the last couple of days, like you should definitely talk about the um, uh, Ukrainian war. So why would I talk about this? Mm-hmm. Like, and so yeah, just please well, stop doing that. We've never, apart from you know, doing something like, oh well, um, a Marvel movie has just come out. Let's make a Marvel character wiki weekends. Like, we've never exactly pretended to be a 
a current YouTube channel or like a fucking, you know, something that gives you the political landscape or anything like that. Well, that's the thing is people don't want, they want us to talk about how badass he is because these are presumably people who are on Reddit who are like latching onto this narrative and lionizing this guy Mm -hmm. and want to create this story in their head that they can follow and be part of. Yeah, they don't don't actually want to know about the war or anything. They just want us to talk about the things they've read on Reddit. Make, yeah, make essentially all the Reddit posts that they've seen come together in a video. It's, uh, yeah, so please it's, it's stop doing not that. not just baffling, it's also depressing. So I also, you know, I don't really feel like sitting there and laughing about a person when all I can think about is the fact that they're literally in the middle of a war. And as well that uh, people are actively out there trying to murder them. Mm-hmm. Like, and obviously I don't mean laughing at the person. I mean laughing about, like, you know, the the seemingly very interesting life that this man has led and like trying to make an entertaining video out of said thing mm-hmm. but yeah it's like it's our job to ostensibly like try to make a funny video and i don't think that that's exactly a good topic yeah and like speaking of which there's a video we recorded the other day um uh, about uh, godzilla and it's about the uh, godzilla enemy the rodan and Rodan was um, directly inspired by the nascent threat posed by the Soviet Union back in the 1980s. It's like a Cold War analogy. Mm. And Brad was editing, I think you're in the group chat, anyway, Brad said, should we not upload a video about the threat of uh, nuclear war from Russia? I went, yeah, it's probably a bad luck. Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember It's probably a bad luck to upload that video right now. It probably seems like we try to like uh, cash in on this. So let's just put that on the back burner till this issue is either resolved um, or we're living in a nuclear hellscape and no one gives a fuck anyway. Yeah, one or the other, yeah. But, um, yeah, we do our best to like actively avoid situations like that. This is not our place to talk about, is it? And there was that, there was that one time where, um, not long ago, we were... I can't remember exactly the topic we were talking about, but we were talking about um, a certain topic on Wiki Weekends, and then it came out like, oh... Um, an actor involved in the filming of this has just passed away like on the day of recording like yeah, the news while we were recording while it. we were recording and it's like oh shit okay uh, and we had to just make it clear that this is literally we've just found out about this on camera after deciding what topic to pick this is not us jumping on a bandwagon of like somebody dying yeah and, and that's just, what happens it's awful that people would think that you would do that but obviously as you've literally just pointed out a minute ago there are people who do not give a shit that will actively profit off it immediately oh of course yeah and it's just it's been it's been surreal to experience because i thought i got one or two and thought okay that's fair but every time we put a wiki weekend out like the last couple ones we've done have all got comments most recently of like you should talk about this talk about this talk mm. about this I want to hear your take on it it's like what a world war <laughs> like yeah that is I get it because you, you might expect one or two just because A people don't fucking think and B it is the you know obviously the biggest story in the world right now the most important thing happening in the world right now Um, and I I say that proverbially, there are obviously other important things happening as well, but which is the most standout story on every single news site that you see at the moment. And that's the other part of the story, yeah. 
Like the other part of the story is people like, well, there's this happening as well. It's like, yeah. The last thing is there are other atrocities happening in the world that the news just doesn't want to talk about. So I don't want to to make it out like this is the only bad thing happening. Um, it's just, yes, but you know, please, please the Western stop. world likes to talk about the Western world a lot. But please stop doing that. Mm-hmm. It's 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 not been fun. And no, it reminds me a little bit of uh, just this always sticks out in my head. Um, and do you remember that guy who um, uh, I forget his name now, but like he shot up that like camp in Sweden or something. Like the the Nazi who like shot up a uh, um, uh, a bunch of kids, uh, vaguely, yeah. So that like broke when that news broke. There was a um, in the when I in my crack days, there was a guy on the forums there of like, well, my article was supposed to go up today, but it didn't go up. Is there an editor explanation for this? Because I was looking forward to it, and I've got links um, elsewhere that were supposed to coincide with this. And just one of the editors responded, he the, like with the name of his article of the top uh, top six epic one-man rampages. It's like, you don't see why this would be uh, in poor taste to release today. Yeah. It's just, that's the complete lack of any self-awareness of stuff happening in the world or like um, how tone deaf it'd be. Like, you really don't see why we don't want to release an article called epic one-man rampages. Fucking and hell. in that guy's head, it's like, but I had like a link to my thing. Ah. Oh. Like, how does this affect me, the protagonist of reality? Mm-hmm. It's just, can you can you not take five minutes out of your life to think about the wider consequences of your actions? Like, no, no, okay. But, yeah, it's one of those as well of just, like, you know, I'm, I'm personally doing my best to kind of, like, not ignore um the situation but only like stick to occasionally checking like a new site once a day or something to yeah to not just be overwhelmed with like the reminder that this is going on and that might sound yeah. selfish but you know we've all got to try and like look after our own mental health and, and for me a it's a constant just... reminder every 10 minutes of it is like not great either like I say, it's the people who are trying to like create a narrative out of it and they want to be part of it, even mm-hmm. if it is vicariously. Like I want to say, like, wow, it makes you really proud. And he said, like you click the profile, it's like they're not Ukrainian, but they somehow, they're trying to make it about them yeah. because they want to be part, because it's a worldwide event and they want to be part of it. Because this is one of those things that people are going to talk about. It's like the pandemic. Like that's the, thing, the third thing we've lived through in a lifetime, like another war. Like when we were kids, we had 9-11. Um, then we had like a war. That went on for like 20 years and then we had a pandemic and two recessions and now another war yeah and it's one of those of like you know again you might sit there and go but this war doesn't affect you and it's like well when the united states and the uk and like nato and the eu are all considering stepping in it's like yeah it, it, it's in the back of your mind all right for example I, the post i made earlier please stop requesting a wiki weekend about um uh, the president of Ukraine, Carl, you're part of it already if you live in Europe, so you should talk about it. It's like, fuck off! You know who should talk about it? Fucking news websites. And people with political degrees. Yeah. Experts, not morons like me. And, you know, there are also morons talking about it on some news websites, but that's beside the point. 
Of course, yes. But uh, I just wanted to clear the air on that one because people were like, are you going to talk about Ukraine? Yes. It's just... Just like, have a bit of sympathy. Don't just make it about, need- like, I want to hear about this man. You don't even need to have sympathy. You just need to have self-awareness of, like, maybe this wouldn't be the best look. Yeah, True. Even if you like, take it down to, like, the selfishness of us as content creators, like, it literally just wouldn't be a good look for us. Yeah. Even, like, things taken aside, but, yeah, it's just... It's not a topic that I particularly feel um, is super good talking for. about and covering. <laughs> yeah. It's not exactly the tone um, that it deserves, is it? No. Like, even this podcast, I feel bad about talking about, but I, I needed to mention it because we've been getting it all week. Mm-hmm. Well, not we, but, like, the channel as a whole. We've been getting it all week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. What else? You like? What else has happened, Lucas? Well, Carl, we we took a week off so that I could play a shit ton of Destiny. Yes, you did. And how is Destiny Two? It's fucking great. You you enjoying some Destiny Two? Uh, yeah, it's it's without a doubt at this point in my head after putting like forty fifty hours in, um, it's the best Destiny has been so far. And don't get me wrong, it's not as if. Like, you know, if somebody played Destiny and bounced off Destiny for reasons like gameplay and mechanics mm-hmm. and stuff, like, it's not a different game, no. but it has been refined to a point where, like, they've got a really good campaign with, like, you know, the best storytelling that they've had, which has been also, like, you don't need necessarily the backstory, um, but it has kind of been simmering over the past few years of, like, this big thread and then over the past year they've kind of been slowly over each season like building up Savathun who's like the antagonist of this DLC and Mm -hmm. it's been um, a nice lovely build up and it's nice that for once it feels like an ongoing game and not a different story every three months Um, and just yeah they've, they've done a fantastic job of the campaign like I'd argue that the campaign and I've seen a lot of people say this online is like it's back as good as like what Halo campaigns were when Bungie was making those yeah so um, and yeah it's just it's, there's still a few problems and there's still some niggles and this it's an ongoing game there's always going to be problems with like new systems it, like they've added weapon crafting and people got like some feedback on that that I'm sure they'll change over time but yeah it's the best it's been by far it's like if you like Destiny it's more of the thing that you like if yeah, you're not a fan um, of Destiny, maybe it's not for you, but that's what media is. Like, it doesn't have to be for everybody. No, it doesn't. And it's one of those nice things of they've made the first two missions, the campaign, um, free for everyone. You have all been um, level, not reset, but everybody's been pu- pushed up to last season's max power of like 1350. So everyone starts out at the exact same point, regardless, and everyone gets given like. A little bit of loot of the new players so even if you're like a new player and not necessarily into destiny at least you can go try out like the first two missions of the campaign and give it a good go and not have mm-hmm. all of this like bullshit tutorial getting in the way or anything that you have the ability to um uh, try before you buy as it were mm-hmm. yeah and like they bungie still refer to it as like a free to play game with dlc i think it's just a free to try game as you kind of say like, uh, um, but even like the tries, you can probably get like a good like 20, 30 hours out of it before you need to like, even think about paying a penny. I mean, there are literally like the the PvP, for example. You could you can literally pay that 
play that without ever paying. Like there are elements of the game that are completely 100% free. Um, but I would argue if you want the full experience, then you would have to buy something. But at least yep. you can play for as long as you want before making that decision. And like the one for me, uh, I play. I played Elden Ring, and Elden Ring is very good. Speaking of games that aren't for everyone, <laughs> yeah, it's Elden Ring. Mm-hmm. And it's a, it's a, certainly is a video game, and I have. I wouldn't even describe it as complicated, but I have a combative history with this game because everyone I know who likes the game really likes it to the point where any time I try to discuss it, all criticisms that I have, I just immediately dismiss it. Well, that's just the way the game's made. Mm-hmm. And the Dark Souls series like Bloodborne, Demon Souls, um, Dark Souls 1, 2, and 3, and now Elden Ring, the, it's almost unique in the sense that just the people who really like it absolutely refuse to have any discussion about its mechanics. And I think I've, as I've well, never encountered a game where that's the case. Because um, the argument always comes down to the same elements, it's almost like they're so well practiced that they have a list of bullet points to just try and, you know, quote unquote, shut you down with whatever criticism they have. They were that well practiced. Uh, combating the same criticism with every single game that it's just makes, second nature to them which makes discussions of it um like just like pulling teeth mm-hmm. because you can't have a discussion about like any other game i feel you could have a discussion about it but just when, i don't know what it is about this series what it does to people like you experienced it, didn't you in the group chat when i was playing the games like keep in mind our group chat i'm the only one who has the game mm-hmm. yeah. amongst us i'm the only one who has the game and i was right there playing it just giving some thoughts of like, oh yeah, I've played like um, all the previous ones. And this feels like a really big improvement in the sense that the accessibility for people who aren't familiar with the series is a lot higher. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, um, uh, it just has an option on your menu screen to scroll and see what every single stat and item point does. Because like some of them are pretty self-explanatory. What does strength increase? Well, strength increases your attack power and lets you carry heavier weapons. But there's also secondary passive effects to things like strength that aren't exactly clear and i was like i really appreciate knowing for example what increasing faith does or intelligence it's like it has secondary effects of like you make it it's easier for your character to find items you have a higher resistance to um, poison and things of that nature so it allows me to make a decision when leveling up my character just be more informed and you saw it in real time of just our friends like i don't like that well i literally (laughs) said oh that's great because like that's been one of my biggest frustrations with the games that I've tried previously from from software, mm-hmm. and, and immediately that- like I don't enjoy that. I like the fact that you have to like figure it out by going to different websites and stuff. And this is one of our friends who likes the series but hasn't played the game, and without no has discussion, played all the just- other games, loves the other games, but like hasn't played Elden Ring specifically yet. But no discussion, just I don't like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm there. Me and you are there talking as more casual fans of a series. Like this is really great. This makes it just it just gives you that little bit of extra information so that your gameplay experience is better. And it's literal information that pretty much every diehard Dark Souls fan either knows from playing every single game or knows because they just went to a fan wiki the moment they started playing one of the other games. To figure and out why what can't everything just does. be in the game? And then it was the other one like, uh, oh, they now have checkpoints just next to bosses because the boss run is one of the things I don't like about the series. And I understand why it exists. It's there as a to teach you gameplay mechanics such as dodging running fighting it's to ensure that your skills are kept sharp 
But I think, like a lot of players, I eventually get to the point where I'm just going to run past this and go straight to the boss fight. And you talk about the uh, the hitting your head against the wall thing, don't you? Yeah, and like um, I kind of bring it up of like I start to really fall off the Dark Souls and Souls-like games because of that very quickly. And, uh, you know, I've I've played, what, like, Dark Souls 1 and 2, Demon Souls, when it came out, and the remake, and Bloodborne, and kind of all <clears throat> ultimately ended up falling off for that same reason of, like, oh, well, that's, that's fine. I, I, I failed at a boss. Oh, now I've got to trudge through the game for another 10, 15 minutes to get another attempt to try and learn the patterns of that boss to then probably get killed very quickly. And I don't like that system at all, but a game like, for example, Cuphead, where I get the instant retry on a boss, I I sit there for hours and hours against these super hard bosses learning those patterns, and I don't have a problem with that. Yeah, and uh, again, I mentioned that. They've introduced a checkpointing system where it's just you spawn outside the boss room now, so Mm -hmm. you can just go straight back in. And again, our friend's like, I don't like that. It's like you, you have the choice to choose whether or not to spawn back at your bonfire or right outside the boss. It's just for people like myself, like, well, I, I understand why that system exists. I just don't like it. And now I can circumvent it through an option they've introduced. Like, I don't like it. They shouldn't put that in. That's like, why? Why, why are you annoyed that they're adding options? Options and- to make the game a, more catered towards the experience I'd prefer. Yeah. But you it's still like, have access to the, like experience the experience you want. I prefer. It's like, but you still have that you still have that possibility like you don't have to see what the stats do you don't have to say you can respawn at a bonfire instead of outside a boss room you can still have the quintessential dark souls experience but in an open world but also for some people that might find some of those roadblocks annoying you have the ability to take those away you have to circumvent them yes and it's just it's very strange you don't see that discourse a lot with other pieces of media where it's just a knee jerk but nuh uh I think so. Straight up refusal to even acknowledge it of like, no, this is the way the games have always been. It's like, but no, they've changed mechanics in between games all the time. Yeah, totally. And for me, like, the only thing I can think is that because, like, those games being difficult is such a core part of its appeal and identity. But they're not even difficult. That's the thing. That's what I was about to say is like, they they automatically um, confront anything that can be seen as low in difficulty, but those things aren't difficulty; they're quality of life. Yeah, like it's the game isn't made any easier or harder by making information. Well, the game is technically made harder by being obtuse with information about the game's world, but that doesn't feel good to a player to not know what stats do. And I think our friend's response was, well, they've always told you what stats do. It's like they tell you basically, but they don't tell you these secondary effects that they have, which are mm. very important if you want to go for a specific build, which is what the whole game's about. It's like making your character build it your way. Having all the information like to know what the things, the stats do is very important and very useful. Well, um, I mean, it jumps to my head because I've literally been playing it yesterday, but imagine playing pokemon and it it told you that like this move does this damage but it never told you the secondary effects until you just figured it out and that's the thing that sometimes happens in pokemon like evs and ivs were something that for years were never explicitly mentioned or discussed in games Mm -hmm. and every subsequent pokemon game has made it easier to know how to do that because a brief do you want to just give a brief explanation of like evs and ivs yeah, so um, IVs are like a, like a number from 0 to 31 that can basically 
boost your level 100 Pokemon starts by up to 31, depending on the number. Yes, and each stat is like, it's given to the Pokemon at birth. So at birth, the IVs of Pokemon will just be like somewhere between like 0 and 31. So, for example, a Pokemon with bad IVs and a Pokemon with a Pokemon with bad IVs will literally, on paper, be weaker than one with good IVs, even if they're raised in the exact same way. Because another hidden mechanic is EVs, or it was hidden for a while. And what do they do, Lucas? Uh, so, essentially, after every single battle with a Pokemon, you not only gain experience, you gain a slight little point boost towards a certain stat, depending on what Pokemon you kill. For example, like if you kill a Sharpedo, you get a plus two in attack, I believe. And over time, if you focus on fighting certain enemies, then you can like, you know, boost your attack stat and your speed stat up a lot further than you naturally would just by fighting all Pokemon because you kind of get a balance over time. You do, yes. So um, by combining these two mechanics, if you get a Pokemon with good IVs or perfect IVs, which is very easy if you know how it's done, and then you and like, stuff, yeah. And then if you put in um, all your effort into specifically upgrading a single stat or a stat that's like advantageous to your Pokemon, say for example, if your Pokemon is quite fast and you want to maximize speed, and then you maximize its speed IVs, its speed will literally be higher than another Pokemon not raised in the same way. And for example, I brought this like the Bulbapedia page for Pikachu here. Mm -hmm. and we have its stats, and we have here. So at level one hundred. Pikachu's HP can range between 180 with uh, no investment from um, EVs and bad IVs to 274. Bloody so the hell. difference in your HP stat can be almost at 100 points. And the well, same is true of almost like every other stat. Basically a 50% bump. Yeah, and the same is true of every other stat in the game, realistically, where you can yeah. improve any individual stat by about 50% with proper investment. Obviously, you can't invest in every stat, but say, for example, a Pikachu is good at using special attack and speed, so you realistically only want to invest in those two stats and yeah, maximize and those two stats because like attack Pokemon, is useless. Some Pokemon you might want to spread, like you can have a maximum but a minimum of two stats like all the way to max potential but mm -hmm. instead of doing like two stats for max potential you might want your both defenses and hp to max potential and you spread that across three stats but without that information you can't do that yeah because you have a maximum of 500 or something evs that can be earned isn't it something stupid like that just over 500 so you can realistically put 252 evs into each individual stat and maximize those and that's a mechanic that was has been in Pokemon since I want to say like the f first game. I can't has remember it? exactly which one, but I th it's been so early in the, the series that like people had no idea it existed for a while. Yeah, like IVs have been in the game for a while, and then EVs have been for a while. So this is a mechanic that's been in the game pretty much the entirety of the series, but was only really known by a select few people by delving all the way into the game's code and. Just from those numbers we like talked about there, like if you understand this mechanic, you can have a Pokemon that is literally fifty percent stronger mm -hmm. than someone who has one that do so against someone who doesn't know what this mechanic uh, is or doesn't understand it, and you will just win because you your your numbers are bigger, so you will win almost like in a straight up like battle, you have a direct numerical advantage. Well, we've had that before, where um, like for the longest time. Like you would just EV train your Pokemon, but I had like a I'd found a 
six IV ditto that, or like a five IV ditto or whatever that can breed with anything to make IV breeding really easy. So my Pokemon were just like naturally a little bit stronger than yours. And that's something that um, once you understand how that works, it's effectively required to play Pokemon competitively. But for many years, the games never, one, made it easy to do, and two, didn't even tell you that those things existed. Yeah, and I looked it up quickly on uh, on said Bulbapedia. IV, which is individual values, have been in since the first game, and then um, EVs, effort values, have been in since Gen 3 from the looks of it. Okay, so effectively from the day Pokemon, the first day Pokemon was able for release, it's just you have a random chance of your Pokemon being slightly better or worse than one found um, in another game at the same time. And, um, and the game never tells you that. That has only really been... They've only really been open about what your like, IVs and EVs are from like the fifth generation of games, black and white onward. And even then, it's been quite difficult from black and white and then they've made it easier over time to, to yeah, see all of those things and I, I guess it's similar to dark souls i hate the comparison of to dark souls but like you had a very obtuse way of checking what your stats were because you'd go talk to a guy who would give you a cryptic clue about whether or not your evs were full or not um and, and that was the only way to check like, i don't know if that was in all of the games but that was the only way to check and th with the release of newer games they've made accessing that system and being aware of it simpler and easier to understand so that more people are able to interact with it and take advantage of it because then it opens that the idea of competitive pokemon battling up to more people and you don't see anyone complaining about that do you of like making it easier to understand and making it easier to ev train uh, because it's I, you a, know i've seen the tiny tiniest weird subsect of the community but yeah for general generally speaking there's not anyone complaining that they've made a those values visible and b easier to train and keep track of those values but then you go to like dark souls and it's like no i don't think it's fair i don't like that they tell you what your stats do mm -hmm. like is that's not what i was making up that literally happened day one of me playing the game but i don't like that and that's that's not like specific to um a friend of ours or anything that's generally speaking the pushback that you see when you have those arguments it's in, it's baffling to me i, I can't understand it about like the yeah, the souls games and stuff it's bizarre and like the other one of like the games not even being difficult because i think it was the other day when we were talking about it, of a, another friend who has really likes it so i mentioned the whole thing of like well, the games aren't difficult because every enemy in the game you just walk in a circle mm -hmm. because the ai is so bad and i was talking about how a boss was cleaning my clock he's like well, why don't you just walk in a circle it's like well, you can do that on almost every enemy in the game except for a couple it still works so i was doing that yesterday and we were playing on stream i was like i'm just like grinding out this one enemy to get his armor set and all i'm doing is just walking around him and just uh, reposting him and it works every single time and um it, i just find it funny because yesterday i um i saw some person beating like the first boss of elden ring um and they like clearly are you know one of those souls players that plays the game a lot and is very skilled mm -hmm. at it or knows the systems very well um and they were beating the first boss on the first try using ring fit adventure controls mm -hmm. and i'm like okay so these are the kind of people that will sit there and say that those games should stay the same and shouldn't be like have any easier options but they themselves find it super easy to do. <laughs> they find it so easy that they can beat a boss first try 
using a ring fit adventure by like they literally are like jogging and using a pilates ring to beat a boss up without dying and that it's like but keeping the game at one difficulty level means that those people have a super easy time but for less experienced players you're not going to give them a, an option for like a bit more health next that's the thing isn't it of um when the discussion of like a difficulty slider in Elden or Dark Souls game comes up, the assumption always is that they're going to make it easier. It's like, well, what about for the people who want to make it harder? Because the in- inclusion of an easy mode would suggest the additional inclusion of a hard mode, which is presumably what those guys want. And it might not even have to be a hard mode and an easy mode. Like, why is it not just like some toggles of like, you know, similar to, like, say, for example, when you play XCOM 2 and it's like, do you want to toggle, like, Iron Man mode on? Do you want to put, like, extra um, difficulty modes or, like, the AI is stronger or mm-hmm. you've got, like... Or you can make things easier by, like, giving yourself more mission timer. And it's like, why are there not just little options like that of, um, oh, would you like enemies to do more damage? Would you like more health? Would you like less health? Like, that something is not game dev wise but something as simple like in terms of just thinking of the options available would Mm -hmm. surely appease both sides of that argument and yet nobody seems to want it in that souls community but it's uh yeah it's baffling it's like uh why do you not want a harder mode because i have no problem with them putting easy mode or an excess more, more accessibility options and stuff in i definitely think that accessibility options should 100% 100% be put in any game regardless of whether you want to talk about difficulty because that's a separate thing like obviously they overlap but you shouldn't like stop people that are differently able being able to play a game because it's meant to be hard yeah and uh, one of the things that's like weird about accessibility options is that um, they are designed with the idea it's a person who maybe doesn't have like full mobility or um, uh, 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 like has like some sort of disability in regards to, like their vision or their, like, or their hearing audio. or something like that yeah but sometimes that can be taken advantage of by um, able-bodied players. For example, like in Call of Duty games, um, early ones, they had a, uh, a colorblind setting. And that's the, I don't think anyone's going to complain about a colorblind setting in fucking video games. But in PvP, did it make people stand out like a sore thumb? No, it made the things on your radar appear that weren't supposed to be because they never... Um, uh, for what is it now I think the stealth bomber appeared on the radar but only when you had um, uh, colorblind mode on because they they just never thought to uh, make it so that it didn't appear on the radar with colorblind they said oh just change the color of everything Mm -hmm. because you're only supposed to be able to see the stealth bomber for example which was as the name suggests a a bombing running a um, a kill streak that you couldn't see coming unless you had an advanced radar on so they never bothered to tweak it so that you didn't see it with colorblind on so if you played with colorblind on you had a distinct but uh, admittedly niche but distinct advantage over players without it and that's something that could be taken advantage of by um, people who didn't um, perhaps suffer from uh, colour blindness yeah and uh, there are always like little things like that and sometimes they become like bigger advantages or smaller advantages than that but um, I definitely don't think that that niche small amount of players that abuse that system should be an excuse to not put those elements in the game yeah and i can see why some stuff like that, where it's uh like qtes for example sometimes like an accessibility option they put in games is you don't have to have as quick a reaction time mm-hmm. 
like they make it a little bit easier. So, and they have stuff like that in um, like God of War and things like that, don't they? Their accessibility options of just like make combat a little bit easier. Like make it so like your block just blocks a little bit more damage. Yeah, and then or like also you know, combat um, modes and stuff like that in fighting games of like let's just make it so that um, uh, you can just do a little bit of extra damage without having to worry too much about um, inputs and stuff. Yeah, and I I think that those are really good options to have, and just especially when it comes to the the from software games i don't understand the pushback against anything like that because it's a fucking single player game anyway yeah you can make it as difficult or as easy as you want so if anything putting sliders on means you can put the slider the other way and make it harder for yourself yeah so all those people who like their ep and is directly related to the fact they complete these games and all of those people are oh um yeah i just <coughs> i have to now play with like donkey conga bongos to make the game harder for myself it's like what about if you could just make the game harder for yourself in game and at the same time it's weird that people will um automatically outcry and downplay the need of an easy mode or an easier option like even if it is just like say a health toggle or something and at the same time will just literally impose these horrible restrictive challenges on themselves because they want a harder game but there's two sides of the same coin isn't it yeah is that maybe not all players have the same level of skill and games should be able to cater to multiple levels of skill yeah and it's weird because it's such it's a discussion that i would love to have and i'm glad that we're having now but every time i've ever tried to have it um uh with people who like the game they just immediately shut down and i don't know mm. why it's specifically that serious because that's the thing i play stuff like devil may cry and bayonetta and like character action games which like by design have increasingly difficult modes mm-hmm. and i fucking love that shit and i love the idea that you go in on it and then just like, as your skill progresses you get better and better and better and to the point where you are on like revengeance difficulty or dante must die mode and stuff like that is awesome so i don't get so I understand the desire for things that are difficult because mm-hmm. the challenge is there. And but I just see it's like when you have the slider and you can start at one end, building up feels good. Yeah. But when it's already like bastard hard, so I can't imagine someone like picking up a character action game for the first time, like picking up like Devil May Cry or something on Dante Must Die mode and the first combat encounter they die in one hit. It's like, oh, that hardcore community has decided that Dante Must Die or Heaven and Hell or whatever is like the default mode. So therefore they've removed all the other options. Cool, yeah. And it's like, oh, but now anybody that's new to the series coming in has got, like, as you say, a a horrible difficulty curve where, like, they probably won't even be able to approach the game. No, and that means they're missing out on the experience that I've had Mm -hmm. of, like, you know, getting to that point via just, like, hours of play and practice, and it feels so good, and I don't understand why people who play the Souls games wouldn't want that for their community, for people to be able to interact with it in a more casual sense and then build up to the point where they are now yeah because like i literally with character action games had that experience of i when i first played one couldn't play on like the regular difficulty bump down to easy and then slowly over time learn those systems and now i play like or can play character action games on like a harder difficulty setting because i had those doors open to me but if it starts out at a level where I can't kill anything, I'm not going to even try. You're just going to bounce off, are you? And I guess yeah. the argument there is, and that's when you get the response of, get good. 
Which it's is just... hilarious because it started out as like a joke making fun of those people and now has become a saying for those horrible gatekeeping people that they use unironically. Of just get good. It's like, but I'm asking for you. I want to get good. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm asking for help. And it's like, no, get good. It's like, why aren't you helping me? I'm asking for help. I want to get better. And it's the the same thing, isn't it? Of um, Like the fighting game community gets this a lot of, well, okay, if you're going to come and play, you automatically need to be able to come into, you know, the proverbial arcade, which is now more like the online mode, mm-hmm. and be as good as the rest of us. It's like, okay, but is there no way for me to, like, approach this from a beginner standpoint rather than going online and getting my ass kicked without getting a hit on any player ever? Like, there's no way for me to improve at that point. And obviously, like, a lot of fighting games have, you know, tutorials and mission modes and stuff where you can learn those stuff, but there's also not really an option to, like... And I don't know what the solution is necessarily, but there's not really much of an option other than trying to find people that are, like, helping others online to, like, get around that. That's the thing I love fighting games, and one of the... It's like, so many fighting games just die after a couple months, if not quicker because the only people left playing is like the hardcore players and they refuse to go easy on other players or let them, because they, some for some reason, can't empathise with the position that they're in. Even like though they were being... probably in that position at some point in their life. We had that discussion about that guy who was like, oh, if you don't watch these super obscure animes, you're not a fan of anime. And mm-hmm. it's like, but the way you get into those obscure animes was by starting to watch the... Uh, it's like, oh, the, what the was ball. the first anime that you watched? Dragon Ball. Yeah. And then I liked it and wanted to keep going. Oh, right, that's weird, isn't it? But you're saying that anyone else that watches Dragon Ball now, now that you're on the weird, obscure stuff, isn't a proper fan. Like, maybe they're just finding an approachable, like, popular anime rather than going straight into the weird shit. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that's uh, like specifically about Elden Ring is, uh, I think my review of it is, or my comparison is, uh, those old masters who did the same painting over and over again because it was never just quite right mm-hmm. and the game it's just Dark Souls I don't care what anyone says it is mechanically Dark Souls with a jump button that's it it's Dark Souls and everything is all they've done really is control F swap souls for runes mm. and that's fine because those games are really fucking good yeah but I'm going to give you like a review here of someone who played the game first. 50 hours into a- a Elden Ring. Shit. Holy shit. Forget everything you know about video games. From Software has essentially rebooted the entire industry with Elden Ring and will be on the edge of your seat as you scream for, scream and cry from the ecstasy this game injects into you. It's just Dark Souls with like more quality of life improvements. It and, plays exactly know, the same as Dark Souls, except for a jump button and a horse. Admittedly, um, what I've heard... There's going to be someone out there who's mad of like, no, there is subtle difference. Yeah, there's subtle difference, but yeah. mechanically it is Dark Souls with more stuff in it. It is very, very obviously like the Dark Souls formula, refined and polished to a mirror sheen, which is good, but it's not like game-changing because it's the same game again. And, it, I, you know, I've heard and I, I've seen a lot of people talk about like, yeah, the open world is like fucking incredible and one of the best open world out there but again like you could argue that there are other open worlds that have 
done what Dark, like Elden Ring has done. It's just that Elden Ring has put those elements in with the Dark Souls gameplay and done it all very fucking well. Yeah, it's like, not like it they've is... done many things brand new. They've just combined a lot of elements very, very fucking well in like a cool way. It's just confusing to me that like it, the, f- the framing like that of like forget everything you know about video games like it plays the same it's the yeah. same game and meanwhile again you like look at any dark souls review it's like well if you've played dark souls you know what you're getting yourself into here but in a cool open world it's like right okay <laughs> if you actually look at any people that are professionally paid to talk about these games it's like yeah it's dark souls again but you know this and yeah. this has changed like I said, polished to a mirror sheen. Mm-hmm. And I know there's some people that are going to probably get salty, like journalists don't know what they're talking about. And then you go, it's like user reviews and it's like 10 out of 10, the only game you should ever play ever again. Fuck all other games. Nothing is in comparison to this. Like, all right, maybe we shouldn't always listen to the fans. Yeah. And um, there's other ones where it's like the opposite of that, where you look at the Horizon Zero Dawn reviews and it's like that game, I think, is sitting at like, you know, a very, very, very good, like 88 or 89 out of 10 by like critic Mm -hmm. aggregate. And then there's like, oh, uh, zero stars. This game has a woman in it. I don't like women. Yeah. It's like you, you don't ever get professional journalists like doing that. No. I know they're not all necessarily like, you know, as good as the best person out there in the game, but they they know and get paid to write about them better than you do. Yeah, they're able to um, uh, explain and articulate their thoughts and feelings on it. Yep. And just, yeah, it was uh, just fun. And I'm glad you're enjoying yourself, Carl. I'm really, really enjoying it. And I'm having a lot of fun playing it and um just before like we potentially stop talking about did you see like the the tweet that started blowing up about elden ring uh no i didn't know why uh so like uh where about is it here just oh so good old jason schreier whether you like him or not he was on twitter Mm -hmm. and he tweeted about uh, an article about elden ring and it was um a Polygon article, I've not read the article, but um, the headline is like, oh, or the tweet for the article is, are you playing Elden Ring? Bring a notebook, keep a journal, or have some sticky notes handy. You're going to want to write some things down. To which Jason Schreier was like, oh, so you're saying this game is homework? No, thank you. And then obviously, <laughs> like, just, the world as a joke. jumped on in. He's doing it as a joke, and it's like, he can't even joke. That's the thing. You can't even fucking joke about this series. Up, you're like. <laughs> the thing is, he he poked the FromSoft bear though, and that bear pounced back, and just everyone just like immediate like fuck you, Jason. You don't know what you're talking about. This game is the greatest game of all time. It's like, oh dear, oh dear. It's just now, oddly so enough, funny. so I'm on like the Elden Ring wiki where I've done it, and I've just like scrolled past. Here's a Jason Schreier tweet: Elden Ring is one of the best games I've ever played. <laughs> so that's like his review yeah. of like saying it's one of the best games he ever played. And it's like all you need to do is scroll back through his tweets and see that he's probably joking. It's like when you are that fucking um, uh, 
sensitive about your game. So maybe it should be easier because clearly you can't handle any sort of fucking challenge. Mm. <laughs> At least not in real life. It's like, um, oh yeah. It's like, I just literally scrolled past another tweet of his before that, like just after that one. And it was like, I've just hit 60 hours. My head is pounding, eyes blurry. Can't think about anything but this game. And obviously he means in like, he's really fucking enjoying himself and throwing him into this mm. game. But yeah, he makes one jokey tweet of like, oh, this game's homework? No, thank you. It's like, oh no, what have you done? Ironic, isn't it? The same people who scream about, like, it needs to be difficult because, you know, challenge is part of life. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, here's something that challenges your very, uh, like, the most gentle ribbing of your things. I can't handle this. I must lash out. <laughs> How meta. And it the really same people who scream about. I think it sums up quite well of like how sensitive that fan base can be. It is, yes, ironically. Like, the somebody that has reviewed the game very fucking well and saying that they adore it makes a joke and people lose their fucking shit. Mm-hmm. And speaking of people being incredibly sensitive about something that they probably shouldn't have to, because that's the thing, the Elden Ring consistently has got like one of the best reviewed games of this year. Uh, of so all time, several... it's sitting up there with like Breath of the Wild and a couple of other games at like 97 on Metacritic right now. And that's the thing is, like, I don't, it's a very good game, but I hate this thing of like the recency bias. Of, yeah. It's the most recent one people have played. So it's like, oh. So and it's I guess now like, like, oh, it's the greatest game ever. It's an it, it, incredible game, I'm sure. But yes, there's definitely recency bias going on all the time. Well, either way, like it's, a, it's what one of the best reviewed games of all time. Millions of copies sold, just like absolute, just universal critical acclaim. Mm-hmm. One minor thing, and the fans lose their shit. And that reminds me of: Did you see what Kevin Smith said about Spider-Man not getting an Oscar? No, uh, because Spider-Man is it No Way Home? No Way Home, yes. But okay, it's terrible, yes. But No Way Home um, did not get an Oscar nod. And Kevin Smith was very, very mad because he's like, that deserves an Oscar nod, give like Peter Parker his credit. And it's like, how much more acceptance of nerd media do you need before you'll shut the fuck up and be happy? Like, it made a billion dollars and is one of the best, most popular movies of the year. It's one of the highest grossing movies of all time. But because he's not getting an Oscar nod, he's salty. It was like, how much more acceptance of this kind of media is required for you to just shut up. I mean, I will say that I'm shocked that it didn't get like a nod for VFX or something. Either way. But, I've um, not seen many yeah, of the movies like, that came I'm, out this I'm year. not seeing here mad about it. I'm surprised, well, think, but like, yeah. And people are. And it's, I just saw a breakdown of it of like, nerds will never be happy. No. It doesn't matter how popular the thing they like is. It doesn't matter how much critical acclaim it gets. There's always going to be that one thing that upsets them. I really it. wish that uh, comics would be popular like Kevin Smith 20 years ago now that they're the most popular thing on the planet. Well, why isn't it getting Oscar nods? It's like, you got what you want. Yeah, like you've won. Yeah. Nerd, nerds have won. But it's not good enough. Oh. It's not. And that's the thing, like, they'll never be happy. Like Elden Ring, they'll never be happy. Like, they've gotten everything they wanted mm-hmm. from this series. And they're still not happy. They still can't help themselves but to lash out at people who are like, well, I'm not the 
you know, I'd, I'd change this if I had a choice, if it was up to me. No, how dare you question the choice made by the creators who keep changing their mind about how stuff works all the time. <laughs> so I compare it to like Mortal Kombat, where in Mortal Kombat, sometimes they'll just change the button inputs for stuff like Sub-Zero's Ice Ball for no reason other than they wanted to change it. Just because. It's a completely arbitrary choice uh, with no reasoning behind it. It's weird that, isn't it? Because they they would probably argue that, like, oh, well, in, in fighting games, to make sure that it doesn't get stale, like we do this. But nobody's ever changed the Shoryuken or the Hadouken in Street Fighter and nobody's complained. Mm-hmm. That's another one argument we've had, isn't it? Uh, we guess we're seeing like you know accessibility in video games of like Guilty Gear Strive, where I was excited for that game until I saw that it has like half circles and show Ryukens. It's like I just can't be asked. I can do a half circle and a show Ryukens input. Mm-hmm. It's just I every time I've ever tried to play a fighting game and done a half circle, and I do a half circle and the dead zone detection on the controller in the game is not good enough, and my character jumps. It's like, well, what's the fucking point? The half circles are the ones that always get me, yeah, like the... Because your character jumps. Your like, character jumps because you've gone, like, slightly up as you've turned the, the stick back. And he's like, yeah, you're going to jump backwards instead. It's like, no, I... That's not what I did. <sighs> I know it's not what I did. And it's just that thing of, like... Do you remember, like, back in the 90s where fighting games was sometimes... They would just seemingly, for no reason, put incredibly difficult inputs in for moves mm-hmm. just because... And the only time I get it is obviously fatalities because they were meant to be cool secrets. Or stuff if the move is just exceptionally high damage. For example, in Tekken, um, there is moves that King does, the wrestler, where it's like a full half, like a full circle on the stick. Hmm. And the reason that is such a difficult input is because that move he does does like half damage. Oh, uh, right, okay. And it's that thing of like, well, yeah, if the move is difficult to do and requires like, because if you could do that move with one button press, it'd be broken. So you need to find a way to balance it. And obviously it's going to take... A, this might sound silly. It's going to take slightly longer to make that input, yeah. which makes As opposed it to just a risk-reward type of thing. But because, at that point, I could say it could easily yeah. just be a two-button input, like a regular grab, or like a like backwards-forwards grab or something like that, and just give it a bigger wind-up. You could balance it around not mm-hmm. having this but obtuse, um, unintuitive input. But then you can argue that having a big wind-up makes the u- the move useless because but people the- can see it coming and just get a jab out to cancel it. But then you can do other things like give the, the move armor while you're doing that. And, yeah. and then the same vein, like the wind-up is the, the act of inputting that really difficult input is part of the wind-up, I'd argue. And it's the thing of like, yeah, but... When I play like Dragon Ball Fighters, where it only has half circle, it only has quarter circle inputs, which are like just a lot easier to do, a lot simpler, a lot more intuitive, and just they flow a lot better and feel better than because you rarely, I rarely, if ever, miss a quarter circle input, but I have I've missed a show Ryukin or two in my time. Yes, and that, I guess the response that'd be get good and practice. But that's the thing, when I'm just like jumping into a game and it's like, okay, this character has half circles and I do one and it misses or my character jumps in the air and I get killed because of it, it's like that doesn't feel good. Yeah, and then it's like, I guess there's going to be people out there thinking, oh, but just go and invest in an arcade stick. They're more precise. I shouldn't have to go buy a different input method to make sure that my input is going to be precise. To experience the game as it was intended. Mm Mm-hmm. 
and yeah there's things that um as we say like we both play dragon ball fighters i'm sure there's other games out there that have done similar things but yeah just having all like quarter circle inputs makes the game feel really great and it makes me feel as though i can always do what i'm intending to do and if i don't it's because i've fucked up on like timing rather than bad inputs but yeah also the no auto game. combo as well yeah no game is worse for that than mortal Kombat. Mm-hmm. where they do have a lot of accessibility options of how to their combo but because mortal Kombat's combos so in a lot of um, fighting games combos work as say for example um yoshimitsu's 10 hit combo in tekken is square, triangle, square, circle, 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 square, 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 square. I know that because I'd know that forever. That's like ingrained in my head forever. I learned that when I was like 10. Mm-hmm. And each input in that combo corresponds to one of Yoshimitsu's limbs. So square, triangle, square is a one, two, one jab. Mm-hmm. And the circle is his kick and the square is using his right hand. So in Tekken, each face button corresponds to a limb. Yeah. So for example, a grab is two buttons because that's like, you know, two hands. Yeah, and that's it's one of the things that wa- weird in Tekken though, because like some of the grabs are like a hand and a leg, which doesn't make sense. But yeah, like it two two buttons equals like a grab because it's two limbs. Yeah, but it, on paper, like square triangle being punch kick, X mm-hmm. circle being like oh sorry, being punch like one two two three. It's like in boxing, isn't it? Of like one two one two three of like you know a jab, like jab jab straight jab jab straight hook whatever. But um, in that game. Um, when you're doing that combo, you press the button as Yoshimitsu does it. Mm-hmm. So as Yoshimitsu finishes that combo, you can just go square, triangle, square, circle, 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 square, square, and it'll correspond to what you on screen. In Mortal Kombat, they have the dialer combo system where you have to input the entire combo almost straight away before the animation finishes on your character's screen. Otherwise, they won't complete the combo. Mm-hmm. And it's just one thing, it's super unintuitive. And once you figure it out, it works, but it's so unintuitive for the first couple of times you do it. And I really dislike that system and I don't understand why people do like it. It's just, it seems to me it makes way more sense to input the move. As your character on screen does it. Yeah. But it's, and then as well, um, they have a system that game, I think it's negative edge, which is um, if you want to say, for example, do a special move. So let's say you're doing a, a combo that requires you to hold forward and just press like square three times. And if you want to cancel that into a move that requires you to do down back triangle, you have to fully take your fingers off of all directions to let that thing reset and then do the input of down back triangle. Mm. You can't roll your finger across the down and the back because that would count as like down um, uh, crouching backwards, backwards. And that's the thing, it, it just, it's so specific because and you see the reasoning of like if it's super specific then you're never going to accidentally do it because if you have to put in this very specific motion you can't do it by accident but at the same time you have to be so precise with your inputs that sometimes you find yourself missing it and i I will say like i think they've added in more recent mortal kombat games the uh, the option to toggle on and off quarter circles instead of like a downright which doesn't like they really don't work in the game mm-hmm. at all the game's not like um uh, built around them at all and they also put in a system where you can increase or decrease the amount of time you have to cancel special moves and stuff like that so you um to lessen your chance of accidentally doing it say if you want to like um uh, like go into a block animation or dash backwards or something but just still the fact that it took me an hour of practice to figure out how 
the combos work and where I can cancel stuff because you have to wait until you can input the entire combo straight away, but you can't cancel the special move part until the actual end of the combo comes out. Yeah, yeah. So there's like split seconds where your fingers actually aren't on the buttons doing anything because you have to wait until the uh, animation on screen ends so then you can cancel it. But you can st- make that animation play out by doing the input straight away. And it's like, it's just... It's, it's so difficult to explain, but it's just, it's so unintuitive. And, and just that's the thing is, it might sound like just a load of nonsense, but because I have played each of these games, I totally know what you mean. And going through like the training mode of Mortal Kombat 11, like, I feel that frustration of like, why can't this just play like, you know, Marvel vs. Capcom 3 did in that kind of way? Like, why can't it just be? everything when i press a button a thing happens on screen why do i have to predict that i'm going to do something why do i have mm-hmm. to like apply for planning permission and i you know it's the same fighting system it was injustice and i did get around to learning like some really good combos in injustice but it just feels way less intuitive it's not like i can't do it but yeah it, i just don't yeah. like that system at all and that's the thing of like uh, it is something you can work around something i've figured out it's just I said unintuitive and mm-hmm. for someone who plays a lot of video games like myself it's not that big a deal to work around it when you don't play video games i can only imagine how fucking annoying that would be of like but well, i press the button it's like now cancel into sub-zero's ice ball and they put the buttons in and they try and do it it's like but he won't do it mm-hmm. he's not doing the ice ball and it's because they don't know that in the game to cancel into sub-zero's ice ball you have to wait until there's a split second between when the first and fi- like the final punch is thrown and during the recovery of that to cancel into it. Yeah. And it's just, ugh. And, um, yeah, it's one of those things of, like, I see a lot of the time people argue that, well, why do all shooters just have the same button inputs? Like, it's so stupid because why does Call of Duty have to play, like, um, the, you know, why does Halo have to have the same input as Call of Duty? It's for just ease of use and pick up and play because if you're going to bounce yep. between all these games, why shouldn't crouch and reload and jump all be on the, and shoot be on the same button? So then it's just simple. Yeah, a simplified um, uh, like input method for video games. If like, you know, give video games in the same genre, I don't see why that's a bad thing. And Unless like, like, your games the games that in. seemingly have a different one just for the sake of having a different control layout. Well, that's the thing, like, Dark Souls is a perfect example of stuff like that. Of How do you, like, jump? In Elden Ring has a dedicated jump button. Previously, the way you could jump in a Dark Souls game is you have to hold circle to sprint, if you're playing on PlayStation, and then you have to, while you're sprinting, let go of circle for a split second and then press it again. Uh, right. It's like, why can't sprint just be the same thing it's been in every fucking video game for the last 20 years? The Clicking in, button, like, yeah. the left stick. Uh, but yeah like why can't it just be well jump is x or like a because you know what nearly every single game does that if you tell a person who's played like some video games but doesn't know the specific game like elden ring for example it's like well how do you jump i'm sure most people would just press like whatever the bottom of the four buttons in a layout is so no 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 that's not how you jump you have to hold circle to sprint you can only jump from a sprinting position and it's just that thing of like, why? And it's like the thing of like, oh, R1 and R2 are to swing, light and heavy. And you get used to that after a while. And I'm happy with stuff like that if a game has the ability to fully remap your buttons because you, sometimes you just need it. 
and as well talk you know going back to accessibility options like a lot of the time that is just something that would be seemingly the you know a relatively easy thing to do since how many games put it in but it just helps a lot of players being able to change what their input is games that don't let you fully remap the controls can fuck right off Looking there is literally nintendo as a whole fuck you there's no excuse for it in this day and age no and I believe Elden Ring does have. I've not. Ch- I changed like one or two buttons around, but it does have um, uh, button remapping. So I, I changed a couple of mine around to make it closer to a character action game. Hmm. It reminds me though of like um, talking about accessibility. Of like, yeah, I think it was Pokemon Let's Go, Eevee, and Pikachu. Um, for I, th- I can't remember where they updated it, but when it came out, it was like, oh, you can't turn motion controls off so that anybody that can't use the motion controls properly um, can play the game. Someone that can't swing their whole arm to try and like throw the Pokeball quickly enough can't play the game. That great. You got any option to turn that off? No. We know better than you. It's like, but now I can't play this Pokemon game. Like, why? Just can you put it on an A button? No. Like, right. Okay. So just, yep. Just completely shut down people's ability to play that game because you can't just have a button mapping option or a turn yep. motion controls off and that's the thing and that stops like an entire um, group of people being unable to enjoy this piece of media and that's yep. not very nice is it it's like uh, imagine this argument of like not putting subtitles on something yeah or like not having like uh, what for people who are visually impaired like audio descriptions and stuff mm-hmm and, um, or not presenting something in someone's native language of like not offering um, uh, um, subs or dubs in alternate languages so people can hear or experience the media in their own native language at very least imagine subbing, arguing yeah, against that yeah. imagine arguing against that mm-hmm. of allowing more people to access and enjoy the thing that you enjoy it's just uh, it's baffling but I, I do just find it weird how especially video games seemingly haven't got subtitles right yet like a few have but there's so many that also haven't it's like it it's really not that hard why are you doing like uh you know not no background to the subtitles like just put a bit of a baffling a semi-transparent background behind the subtitles so that no matter what's on screen you still got that it's like the fat bar isn't it on fat fiend videos Or, and here's a process if you ever want to like make sure text stands out, use white text with a black background or with a black um, uh, edge. It stands out on everything. Uh, yeah, but then don't... Like, I'd still argue that for, like, subtitles, put that, like, you know, the semi-transparent dark background behind that so it can stand and out give people the option, give people the option to, like, slide that. And it's just, it's baffling. And I get it if you want to like go for a cohesive theme of if you want to try and make it fit with the art style or what have you, but then always give people the option to change the colour for like colour blindness or like make the subtitles bigger. Games that don't let you make subtitles bigger. Or games that don't let you make text bigger in general. Of like, I can't fucking see. I mean, I can go back to fucking early 360 games of like... Dead Rising. Dead Rising, GTA 4, playing those on a non-HD TV. Fuck my life. You literally couldn't read it. No. They, they had to release, like, statements saying, we're sorry that you can't play this game on a uh, um, standard definition or just a smaller TV because just you literally can't TV, read the text. Yeah. 
and there's no excuse for it. Maybe there's an excuse for it back then because it was new hardware and they're figuring it out. But with everything now being so streamlined, not including basic accessibility options is just, it's a conscious choice. Well, I can't remember what game I was playing and it was like the game that made me forcibly like go out and get my eyes retested and get new glasses She was that confused. Because you were like, wait, what? I was sitting, you know, maybe like 10 foot away wherever my sofa is from a 50 inch TV and was struggling to read the in-game text. I was like, the fuck is going on? And I can't even remember what game it was, but that was like the largest text option that they had and I couldn't read it from 10 feet away. So here's one for you then. I've got an idea, Lucas. What's an accessibility option you want to see? Hmm. Because here's the thing, like, accessibility options are generally catered to um, uh, people who have a difficulty experiencing um, uh, a video game um, for whatever reason. But I'm thinking of like, what are some accessibility options you want? Because you know what I want for mine? I want an accessibility option for if I'm playing the game with a podcast in the background or a video playing in the background, where I don't, I want all, I want them to uh, just give me a warning that something's story important. Yeah, yeah. I want that. I want like just like um, uh, or streamer mode or something like that. And just the idea that like yeah, because the amount of times I play open world games where oh you know nothing's what? really happening. Um, nothing, nothing much is going on. I'm just exploring the wild and like you know going and farming some resources or whatever it may be. And then oh, I walked into a cutscene. Oh, okay, it's quick. Like pause the cutscene. Oh, I skipped the cutscene. Oh. Pause the cutscene, yep. turn off my podcast, like re put like put the audio back up on my TV. Like, oh okay, yeah. It's like and there's probably some people out there saying that's not the way to explain. You know what? While been playing Elden Ring, I've just had like um uh, like YouTube videos on in the background and stuff, and like turned it off, turned them off for like story mode stuff. There's people out there that's not the way to experience those games. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. It's the way I'm choosing to experience it. Yeah. And um, one- I played like the first couple hours like on my big TV in the dark, just like staring at it. But then when I got into the open world, it's like, well, this is all storytelling done through text and stuff anyway, which I can just read. Because mm-hmm. that's the thing is, um, there's a lot of people been talking. I've only played a couple of hours because Destiny came out immediately after, but uh, Horizon Forbidden West came out. And... All of the, you know, there's like subtitle options so that everything Aloy, the main character, says comes mm-hmm. up on the bottom of your screen, like even just, you know, side chatter and stuff like that. Uh, there's been a lot of people, and I did I did notice it even with the first couple of hours, like Aloy never stops talking and there's no option to turn it off. It's like every time, because you've got like a stash where, you know, if you're picking up sticks... And oh, got, she always have like a quote to herself. Always she has like the a, same line of like, "Well, I guess this will go to my stash." And like every like thirty seconds, it's like, oh, "Well, I guess this will go to my stash." Good thing I've got my stash or whatever she says. And then like every time you walk into a room and you haven't climbed or interacted with the right thing within ten seconds, she's like, "Oh, look at that thing over there." like give me a second jesus christ you know what there is a game that solved that are you familiar with the game bubsy Uh, i mean i am familiar with bubsy yes i don't know where you're going Uh, with this so bubsy if people don't know was one of many 
many mascot platformers released in the era of stuff like Crash Bandicoot and Spyro. I mean, and Crash and Spyro are probably the only ones to have survived that era. I mean, Spyro Imagine really hasn't, has he? Uh, but like, the, as a, I mean, as a concept and a character hmm. people like. Fair. And uh, actually, I think it's probably early because Bubsy was in 2D, so maybe like, it's the era, more of the era of like Sonic Bubsy and Mario. Bubsy was like SNES, I believe, era, yeah. And then and Bubsy, Bubsy 3D was like the abomination that was. And it's one of those horrible, forgotten, shitty games and characters and series that no one cares about anymore. But they made, they made a game. I'm going to try and find the exact name of it now because it includes a feature, I think, more games, which is exactly what you want. Okay. So Bubsy latest game. Let's just find out the name of it now. That was like that weird like kickstarted Bubsy game, I want to say, or something. Yeah. So it's a Bubsy Pause on Fire, released in 2019. Uh, it's a terrible game. Mm-hmm. The game is, I want to say, it is literally like an hour long. Oh, wow. So about an hour but, longer than you'd want a Bubsy game to be. But one of the options you have when you're playing the game is a uh, quip slider. So you can choose if you want Bubsy to quip as much as you want. And I think like the top option is just um, Bubsy experience because it's one of those things where <laughs> everything he does, he has a stupid fucking voice line. Mm-hmm. But if you don't want him to, you can turn it off and make him silent. Yeah, where's that in more games? Like, Yeah, that's the thing. And that's the thing. This is a shit game. I'm looking at its review score now, 2 out of 10. <laughs> it, is like, it is described as, and I quote, um, uh, frustrating with no redeeming quality. There we go. It took 25 years to make, and I wish it was still dead for another 25 years. <laughs> uh, but this game, as bad as it is, does feature something I'm guessing you would like to see implemented in more games. I would love just a um, a chatter slider for my characters. Mm-hmm. Do do I want the characters to strike? And uh, just a hint one as well, like because I guess separate them is like, do you want hints from your character? Do you want chatter from your character? Because mm-hmm. some people might enjoy the fact that Aloy comments on a lot of what things she sees, but might hate the idea that you walk into a room and she's like, guess I gotta climb up there. It's like, well, yeah, I, just, I, I knew that. Do you do? Just make it a slider. Like, Bubsy figured it out. And I think if a game like Bubsy is figuring this shit out, you've got no excuse. If Bubsy the game, because I think um, it might not have been Pause on Fire, I think it was the Woolly Strike Back. Oh, right, okay. But like, that, that was Pause on Fire was the sequel to that 2017. But um, uh, Bubsy... The people making it were so aware that Bubsy is annoying. The advertising is like, we know you don't like Bubsy. <laughs> yeah. And that's why they included that option so you can shut Bubsy the fuck up and not have to listen to him talk. And that's the thing is, Aloy's not annoying in cutscenes. Like, she's a good character. And but would you not want the option to like just... I, just, I don't want to hear every 30 seconds. I don't want to hear the, yeah, as you say, the chatter. I want to hear what she's got to say in cutscenes and in conversations but, or even just turn it down a little bit. Yeah, just just turn it up so it's just every ten minutes. Uh, it's just bizarre. And, just, and Bubsy figured it out. That's the that's the thing I want. I want that many more games. I want like the chatter counter, so I can just like you know I don't want my characters to um, quip and chatter about everything. And where's the uh, where's the opposite of like 
the next God of War game, can we turn like the story slider up to like not only be in boat time? Oh yeah. Like, tell stories you, outside of boat time. Tell story in boat, tell story all the time out of boat action. Joe, you know I wish there was in that game as well. I wish there was an option to just hear a story again and just and frame it in universe as a trailer saying Mimia, can you tell me about insert thing again so you can hear the story again? Because some of those stories are so good. Or you like, know, doing, like God of War, Kratos is telling stories again of like, oh, I want to hear the stories, but turn off Mimia. Because like when you get to Endgame and you're just going around clearing up Mimia, it gets very annoying. Yeah, and I would love the option to do that. And again, it's just accessibility. It's not an accessibility thing, but it's something that would improve my quality of life playing those games. I'm like, just have an option to have a Atreus. Just uh, no, have an option to do it again. And you can even make it if you don't want to. If like it breaks the universe or makes it it's unrealistic or what have you. Mm-hmm. Like it's uh, what's the word? Immersion breaking. Just have a Atreus. Just say, hey, Dad, can you tell me like that story about the insert, like the the scorpion and the frog again? It's literally what kids do. Tell me the story again. Yeah, and have just like Kratos tell the story again. And I want to just. Oh, I was about to say. Go on, you do yours. Oh, no, go, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, do you know that thing in Spider Man where they have uh, Yuri Lowenthal record every Spider Man line twice? Mm-hmm. Once just talking normally and once while he's exerting himself. Mm-hmm. So he can talk on the phone while kicking the shit out of criminals. Yep. Can we have. Uh, <laughs> Can we have the voice actor for Kratos do that? Oh, God, Chris Judge. Where he's got... Yeah, Chris Judge just wanted to read... He reads every story one twice. Once just talking normally as if he's on the boat, and another one just while screaming at the top of his voice, like <laughs> hacking fucking Valkyries apart. <laughs> just, have I ever told you the story about the scorpion and the frog? <laughs> That'd be great. Get that game out, go. Oh, can't wait. Can't wait for that game. I want that not game. in 2022, probably, but no. Um, but what what else do you want to talk about, Lucas? You were going to mention something there. Oh yeah, I was just going to say like I know that those are quality of life, but I, I wanted to give a shout out to like a few I think really notable um, actual accessibility options, such as um, such as like um, I know that my girlfriend Jenna like she really enjoyed playing Ratchet and Clank with the take no um, damage mode on just like she just can't, can't be asked I just accessibility want to I really like the the story and the characters of this game like just I'm not doing well in the combat I don't want to take damage anymore and she went from being really frustrated with that game and wanting to put it down to like oh just give that mode a try like you don't take like combat damage anymore and she got through the entire game and loved it Joe you know I think that is I like on the uh, um, difficulty slider where it is um like, I think God of War does it. I'm not sure if it's the exact frame, but it's uh, like, give me a story. Yes. Give yeah. me God of War. Mm-hmm. It's like, I just want, I don't want, to, I want to experience the story. Tell me a story. And it's like, yes, I'm clicking the button. Tell me a story. And it always says like, for people who aren't familiar with this kind of game, or perhaps I, you know, find the mechanics unintuitive. You can, and then it always yep. says on it, you can change this at any time. And it, the one time I found it funny is um, in Horizon though, they don't do that. They just they have say? the constant, like, you know, easy, normal, hard, whatever. And then below easy is story. And it's like, okay, like, you could frame that in a better way like they do in God of War. Of like, are you are you bothered about the combat mechanics or are you bothered about the story? It's like, no, are you? do you want easy or do you want beyond easy mode? 
It's like, okay, thank you for putting that in Horizon, but bad way to frame it, I guess. And Joe, you know what the thing I was just like thinking, is there? Do you know that Twitter account of um, Can You Pet the Dog? Mm. If someone wants a free idea for a Twitter account, just go around and just catalogue all of the different difficulty select screens. Hmm, yeah. Because some of them are really interesting. Like, I've got one here, like the Wolfenstein one, of like the hardest one is like, I am death incarnate. Oh, the baby ass baby mode one. And then it's just like, can I play daddy? Yeah. Don't hurt me. And I like those. See, I like them in like a tongue-in-cheek way, but again, it's like kind of also shaming people about wanting to play on an easier mode. It does, but at the same time, it's like it's so tongue. We talked earlier about if you can't have a sense of humor about yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I've got a list of some examples here. If you want to go through them, it's uh, the TV tropes page is idiosyncratic difficulty levels, mm-hmm. and that's where they have like a different. It's not just easy, hard, and normal. Yeah, it's uh, the other one. So bayonetta. Do you remember what the uh, the hardest mode in bayonetta is called? Is it climax mode? Non-stop infinite climax. Oh right, okay. There's way beyond climax mode. Yeah, okay. Yeah, uh, God of War. You have mortal, hero, Spartan, God. And that's and I like that. It makes it just make it. It's stupid, but for some reason, stuff like that makes me laugh. It's stupid. And it makes me but smile. At the same time, it's just as a like a bit of a tongue-in-cheek way to make it more in universe. It's like God of War PS4. Give me a story, give me a balanced experience, give me a challenge, give me God of War. And that's probably, I think, my favourite one. Because as I say, that that not only gives you those different cool modes, but it also is it's not shaming anyone for wanting to play on a story mode. Um, Spider-Man PS4. Friendly Neighbourhood. Amazing, spectacular, ultimate. So it's Friendly Neighbourhood, Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man, Spectacular Spider-Man. And Ultimate Spider-Man. Uh, yeah, and I, I think stuff like this is great. Uh, action RP, like pick a genre of game. Let's go through some. Uh, these are these are super fun. I really do like these. RPG maybe. Um, action RPGs or regular RPGs. Uh, go with regular RPGs. Regular RPGs. So the Dragon Age series: um, casual, normal, hard, nightmare. Okay. And then Dragon Age Inquisition: routine, threatening, perilous. Nightmare, heartbreaker. <laughs> like that's it. It's, it's just fun. Mm-hmm. It's just a little. It's just a little bit fun in it. I'd really and like I don't, it I, in um instead of like you know the the Mass Effect version of the Bioware one. Like oh, just the last one is like the Reapers of one. <laughs> just Reaper the Reapers one. <laughs> yeah, uh, fuck it. Let's have you got another series you want to do. Or another um, uh, type of... I'm going to go for... Um, uh, do we have... Action games. I'm going to go for action games. Oh, okay, because I was about to say that. Action games, yeah. Action games. So uh, 50 Cent Bulletproof. Very easy mode is Player. Then it goes to Hustler. Then Thug. Then Gangster. And the hardest difficulty, G-Unit Soldier. <laughs> <laughs> the Matrix Path of Neo. Novice, Beginner, Master, The One. Okay, yeah. <laughs> That's the thing, it's like, the hardest mode, what are you going to call it? The one. Of course. And I fucking love shit like that. Um, Elder Scrolls, Skyrim. Novice, apprentice, adept, expert, master, legendary. And um, have you got, like, other character action games? Because I, I know a lot of them do that. Like, there's uh, obviously the, um, the Bayonetta and De- Devil May Cry, as we've pointed out, but... Yep, I've got it here. So hack and slash. It's just on TV tropes. It's listed as hack and slash. Right. Yeah. yeah. So uh, let's have a look here. 
Deadpool, genetically superior, easy mode. Veteran, normal, ultraviolence, hard. Okay. And then we have the Devil May Cry series. So uh, main continuity, you have easy, which is obviously easy, which is sometimes listed as human. Mm -hmm. Devil Hunter is normally normal mode. Son of Sparta is hard mode. Very hard mode. And this was unique to the DMC3 Special Edition. Is it originally called American Hard? Because the story behind Devil May Cry 3 is the Japanese version kicked too many people's ass. So in the Japanese version, um, uh, normal mode is hard mode. Oh, yeah, but then... As um, it is over here. It's like that weird thing, isn't it, of they never mentioned that in the American one. It's just something that people found out over time that the two difficulties are different. Yeah. And that's why you have, like, very hard mode, which isn't, like, listed. Like very hard mode was a new mode made basically for the American version mm -hmm. because there's like an entirely difficulty. Then you have like Dante must die mode, which is my favorite one. See, I, I think I'll like what I think is the next one, which is heaven he or hell, I guess. Everyone dies in one hit. And then hell and hell is only you die in one hit. Mm -hmm. And the final is legendary dark night mode, which is a uh, special edition mod um, where it just puts a thousand enemies on screen at once. Oh my God. And then unique to the DMC Devil May Cry series, you had Nephilim, um, God's Must Die, and then there's the Must Style mode where you can't do damage unless your style ranks above an S. Oh, I do look, I do like that with fitting in with um, the Devil May Cry series. It's just a shame that yeah. it's in that game. In a bad game, yeah. I wouldn't mind that in like DMC 5 of like Dante Must Style, Virgil Must Style. Mm -hmm. like Force Unleashed, you know, in a Star Wars game. Apprentice, Sith Warrior, Sith Lord, Sith Master. That's a good one. And, Ninja Gaiden series, Ninja Dog. And that's the one where you get given a pink headband. Oh, right. And it goes from Ninja Dog to Master Ninja Difficulty. Okay. I don't mind, oh, I don't mind this one. Rise, Son of Rome. Recruit, Soldier, Centurion. <laughs> you want to be the master, you'll be Centurion. A Transformers Devastation. Um, Scout, Warrior, Commander, Magnus, Prime. Oh, man. Where it's just like He's the great. star scream level above that where everyone on the Autobots team betrays you. <laughs> just your own teammates just shoot in the back <laughs> of the head. And that's the thing, like, I would love, like, someone out there, go make yourself a Twitter account of just doing these. I fucking love all stuff like this. Because mm -hmm. they're so, like, some of them are really interesting or fun at the very least. And it's one of those of, I think, we've mentioned previously either on stream or on this podcast or something that yeah they do run out of luster after time of like can you pet the dog had to become like it's had to stretch itself so thin and so far that it kind of yeah, like, defeats its own point at a certain yeah i really didn't like that can you pet the dog one where it's like people in mario maker making a dog painting it's like just accept that you've run out of games where dogs can be petted and just make a new thing or just, like, like, keep the account going, but only for, like, the new games that come out. Like, mm -hmm. when Elden Ring comes out, like, you can't pet any dog in Elden Ring, I'm sure. You can uh, pet it with a sword. So, Lucas, the Call of Duty series, Recruit. And they even have, like, the little things here, like, you will crush the enemy without effort mm -hmm. for enemies, for players new to first-person action games. Regular, your abilities in combat will be tested. Hardened, your skills will be strained. Veteran you will not survive. Realistic, brutal, difficult, and entirely unforgiving. Specialist, manage your health and inventory to survive. Only elite specialists accept this challenge. And finally, 
Hashtag YOLO, no checkpoints, no mercy. Oh, God, the hashtag YOLO. That's Call of Duty, though, isn't it? Yeah. That's actually kind of hilarious. I mean, it, it is, but it's because I know that the person that was making that decision is, like, 40. Yeah. That's what makes it cringe. Yeah. Is like, that's a person trying to think that they are making that sound really cool, but it doesn't. It yeah. sounds really dumb and stupid. Then we have uh, one of my personal, the Doom series. Do you remember what the Doom series always has? Um, there's, like, what's Nightmare, the Ultra Nightmare. Mm-hmm. But the, what's the easiest difficulty? I can't remember. I'm too young to die. Oh, uh, okay. And then normal mode is hurt me plenty, which I also like the idea of. Mm-hmm. And then like ultra violence. Yeah, it's like, is it hurt me plenty, hurt me more, and then like nightmare, ultra violence, or something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then uh, in the 2016 one, I believe I have it uh, in front of me now. I'm trying to find it. Uh, no, I can't find it. The Doom 2016. Oh, no, Doom 2016. Same difficulty, but Ultra Nightmare um, has turned into Final Death mode. Oh, okay, yeah. Like, Final Death! It's fucking rad. Oh, here we go. The Duke Nukem games. Piece of cake. Let's rock. Come get some. Hardest mode. Damn, I'm good. <laughs> Damn, I'm good! Oh, and then we have the Far Cry series where it's just easy and like easy, normal, hard, very hard. But they have like descriptors of it. And I like the one of Far Cry 3. Far Cry 3, easy mode, adventurer, an easier experience for those new to first person shooters. Survivor, a first person shooter experience for seasoned gamers. Warrior, a challenge that will require you to master all of your abilities. Master difficulty, worse than malaria. Oh my god, fucking hell. <laughs> just worse than malaria. That came out of nowhere. <laughs> just, no, that is Lucas. That's a game that's honest. <sighs> Fuck me. Uh, then, Lucas, do you remember the Halo ones? We have the Halos. Uh, there's what, like, casual, normal, heroic, legendary, mythic? Uh, yes, and mythic is a fan made difficulty, which is um, legendary all skulls on. Yeah, it's a self imposed challenge, yes. But I do like, though, the descriptors, of, especially the early ones, like easy. Your foes cower before your unstoppable onslaught. <laughs> yeah, final victory will leave you wanting more. So it tells you easy mode is very easy, but you'll probably want a more cathartic, rewarding experience. Yeah. And then normal, hordes of aliens vie to destroy you, but nerves of steel and a quick trigger finger give you a solid chance to prevail. And then heroic, which I think is, it's been confirmed by Bungie, hasn't it? Like, we intended heroic to be the way to play the game. Uh, I think they said that that's like what they see as the definitive experience. Not necessarily like what everyone should play as, but that's what they see as like quintessential Halo. Yep, your enemies are numerous. Your, your enemies are as numerous as they are ferocious. Um, their attacks are devastating. Survival is not guaranteed. And then legendary, you face opponents who have never known defeat, who laugh in alien tongues at your efforts to survive. This is suicide. Yep. And you know what? Like, I literally finished my first legendary run of the uh, the Destiny Witch Queen campaign last night. Mm-hmm. And, like, that shit is good. But it's one of those of, like, yeah, if you want to plow through the story, like, we went through the story on normal, and it's quite easy. But then if you want that challenge and you get better loot, it's like, oh, everything, you know, does more That's damage the, yeah, and stuff. And it it's a really real reward. I like it when the game itself is tailored to those experiences. Like in hard modes and easy modes are sometimes not balanced properly because some games just do fuck it, just pump up the damage and health pools without any sort of um, uh, regard to balance. 
Yeah, and I think it's more interesting when, um, you know, like the, for example, in the Destiny one where it's like, oh, your your radar's disabled, um, enemies do more damage, um, some enemies like leave pits of fire behind them when you kill them, and stuff like that. Um, enemies do like more melee damage specifically. So that yeah. combine that with the lack of radar, you need a lot of situational awareness. I think the game that handles it best is Devil May Cry, where it is Devil May Cry. Um, on harder difficulties, enemies can use Devil Trigger, but they only use it after 30 seconds of not being killed. Mm. So as long as you kill the enemies quickly, you don't have to worry about it. And um, a mechanic in Devil May Cry that's never really talked about, but has been present since the first game is, the higher your style ranking, the more damage you do. Oh, yeah, I, I really like that one because it rewards you for not... Playing good. Like, yeah, it rewards you for getting in there and not playing it safe and just going in there and styling on your opponents, which is exactly what Devil May Cry should be. Yeah, and it encourages, like, the game... That's the difficulty encouraging you to take advantage of the full gameplay, all the gameplay mechanics. But, Lucas, like, you could probably guess this one. What do you think James Bond games have as their hardest difficulty? Well, it's surely the 007 mode 007 of course it's 007 difficulty yeah. oh like, it's so good that's the thing it's so dumb and it's so simple because that could just as easily be an easy medium hard yeah but I like it I like it so much because there's, there's a little bit more effort in than you expect yeah because I think they always had like oh like agent and spy and then 007 mode or something along those lines it's been a while it it's just a shame though when like they have 007 mode and it is just everything kills you in one hit and it's like I don't feel like James Bond when I'm realistically in a lot of those games where it's like 007 mode that should be easy mode yeah because that's what being 007 just runs yeah. through explosions because that's what double like and that's the thing of like it's when it says like, uh, like in Halo legendary difficulty should realistically be easy difficulty mm-hmm. because that's what a legend would look like on a battlefield of like taking no damage and killing everything with no effort <laughs> Do you agree with that or not? Like, I don't know. I guess it depends. How do you feel about that? Because I've always been of the mindset that like, stuff like 007 mode, that should be easy mode because 007 wouldn't struggle. So you, the player, shouldn't either. But I guess that depends on which 007 you're playing as because like, the Daniel Craig movies make a point out of him like getting his ass handed to him constantly, but then the Pierce Brosnan ones, he's just, you know, doing like Akira slides through explosions. Mm-hmm. Well, like this one, Kid Icarus, it uses the difficulty slider and it's able to be fine-tuned in increments of 0.1. And that's what they do in the Smash Bros. Classic mode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a very and that goes thing, from. Yeah. It's like, so you've got a difficulty slider. It goes from effortless, easy, standard, tougher, challenging, heating up, extra spicy, white hot, nothing harder. Yeah, and like in Smash Bros. for Wii U and 3DS, they had that of just like, it was... The difficulty slider went from like 0.1 to 9.9, but it was just a pile of curry that got spicier and spicier as the <laughs> difficulty went up. I like this. Max Payne uh, goes from uh, fugitive or detective to dead man walking. Okay, I like that, but I was I was kind of expecting it to just be like, um, oh, like easy mode is like your family are alive. Normal mode, <laughs> one of your family members died. <laughs> <laughs> just the hardest uh, one is like your entire extended family got murdered I like this spec ops the line walk on a beach combat op suicide mission foobar uh, which for people don't know is fucked up beyond all repair oh uh, right yeah I couldn't remember what that meant then oh <sighs> 
Like these are super fun. It's like some of these are really fun. Mm-hmm. I really like these. Well, I want to know what like folks at home, what you think of that of like should some of these like give me God of War should realistically be easy mode because if you're playing as God of War and you're playing as the Kratos as those stories establish you shouldn't really ever be challenged yeah because if you put Doom Slayer mode on you should be literally ripping and tearing through that game yeah and you know I know what the uh, thinking there is of like the hardest mode you should like have to have the most skill you should be as skilled the most... as the Doom Slayer to get through this but when it's called something like 007 mode that feels like well if I'm playing as 007 I shouldn't be getting like one shot from across the room you should just walk into a room and everything slows down and you get like the most aim assist in the world yeah because that's what being 007 would be like mm-hmm. but I don't, I don't know what people think about that one because that's just like a minor um, uh, frustration I have with these things I understand why they call it 007 mode but in my head it should be the other one it should be the other way around because like the way you're seeing it as like oh that means that you're playing like 007 like as 007 and mm-hmm. it should give you that feeling that you are 007 but the way the game is intending it is like as i say you should be as skilled as 007 to get through this yeah and i guess you can just like it's up to you how you interpret that but for me that's always been one that's confused me hmm. and it wouldn't make sense to me either way oh it, it, here's one that has um uh, been uh, aged poorly Conquers bad fur day. You can set your CPU opponents in multiplayer mode to one of several settings. Oh, no. And it goes from inbred to Einstein. Oh. 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 That's not aged very well, has it? Oh, my God. Kirby star allies. Lucas, are you ready for these? <laughs> and he says that Kirby's expression changes from happy to determined to shocked to demonic to soulless <laughs> as he drenches his curry in blazing inferno hellfire sauce. And it goes from... Sweet Breeze, Mild Stroll, Zesty Expedition. <laughs> you know what? Zest, zesty Expedition needs to be medium or normal mode in every game going forward. Yeah. I want, when I boot up God of War, uh, Ragnarok, it to say, <laughs> Zesty Expedition. <laughs> Spicy Adventure, Sizzling Threat, A Theory Showdown, Infernal Crises, Soul Melter, Soul Melter EX. Oh my god. Lucas, I can't believe it. Zesty Expedition. <laughs> yeah, and that just reminded me of the um, the one in Smash Bros. And it, maybe I'm thinking of like something else with it, the curry. Maybe it was like a different Nintendo It, it game. says Kirby here. A lot of the Kirby ones have like, they name it as degrees of food spiciness. Yeah, because like the Super Smash Bros. 4 is like, Effortless, easy, standard, tough, challenging, and then it goes to like heating up, extra spicy, infernal, white hot, and then nothing harder. Mm-hmm. But there's so no like, that's actual like the... picture of a chili or anything, so I'm getting that confused. So that's the ki- that must be the Kid Icarus one. Mm-hmm. So it must be a combination of the Kid Icarus you me- uh, in your head. You've got Smash Bros, Kid Icarus, and Kirby all mixed up in your head, which makes sense because like Sakurai had a hand in all of them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I can't get over that one. Just zesty adventure. I want to go on a zesty adventure. <laughs> Why can't I go on a zesty adventure? Do you want to go on a zesty adventure, Lucas? Do you want, like, Kratos and Atreus? Do you want a nice zesty adventure? A nice jaunty expedition? Like, loading up God of War Ragnarok. And it's like, if it's, would that, you be the give best. me a zesty adventure? <laughs> that'd be so fucking good. I want that. Where's zesty adventure? Oh. oh. Do you know what this is? Well, this is a wiki weekend that we can't make anymore. Yeah. We could have made this into a wiki weekend. 
I mean, there's no reason we can't like make it a TikTok video. We can make a TikTok out of this. Yeah, let's do it, TikTok. Um, but yeah, like going all the way back around, I quickly just want to mention that. I know I, I said I would say a few things, but uh, just accessibility, I don't want to forget just to shout out. Yes. Oh, sorry. No, no, it's fine. I, I like that we all went on this little... Um, this adventure. This, little, this, no, this zesty adventure. This, this zesty adventure. Um, I just don't want to forget about that point of like, I, I want to give credit where credit is due because it, it needs to be in more games. But mm-hmm. I know that um, like Celeste had a function where you could change the game speed itself. That's kind of awesome. I know. I think Forza Horizon 5 did that as well. Um, I love that. And just like literally slow down the entire game. So you're still dif- dealing with the same platforming puzzle, but... You, you might just want to play time. it at 70% speed. So you know what? Some people's reaction time is not as high as other people's. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing I think we've talked about before of. That just happens with age. Just as you get older, your reaction time naturally declines because your brain synapses just don't fire quite as quickly. Yeah. And I think I have here is like maybe my favorite one of uh, the Metal Gear series. Ooh, the yeah. player is, rather than having a difficulty select, you are asked a question. And the questions are... I've cleared previous games multiple times, mm-hmm. so bring on the action. I've cleared, I managed to clear the previous games, but action isn't my strong point. I didn't clear the previous games myself, but I watched everything. <laughs> I didn't clear the previous games, but bring on the action. I didn't clear the previous games, and action isn't my strong point. And that is based on, do you know the story of the previous games, and do you want to play on hard mode? So what they do there is if you say that you cleared the previous games and you're not strong at action, that's easy mode. And it also gives you a tutorial chapter if you say you haven't cleared the previous games. And it gives you a reminder of what the story is. That's cool. That's kind of awesome. Yeah. But I can't get over just zesty adventure. <laughs> but um, I, want, I want to go on a zesty adventure now. I, I really would like to. Why can't Go on a zest like... <laughs> Why can't every like now think of what game would be funniest to have that option? What game would be funniest to have like those um, uh, difficulty sliders of just? I mean, you know, I'm not gonna lie, Elden Ring. <laughs> Let's give Elden Ring. This, I'm gonna find it again, just so we can go through it now. For just so <laughs> from software, if you're listening. Just, yeah, mild stroll. Spicy adventure, sizzling threat. Let's do it. Let's fucking do Let it. Let me have a mild stroll through whatever world is... I can't remember the world of Elden Ring. Nah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Let me and Torrent have a mild stroll together. Yeah, I want to go on a, just like, you know, a spicy ad, um, <laughs> expedition. <laughs> Let's do it. That is so fucking good. Oh, my God. House of the Dead overkill. Um, its difficulties are... Again, this is aged really poorly. Do you want to, uh, what do you think could be the absolute most tone-deaf thing you could choose for easy mode? House of the Dead. House of the Dead. Like, overkill extended cut. Like, what would be the most tone-deaf thing you could pick for the name I of don't easy like mode? Brain Dead. No? Think simpler. You've got the right first letter. Baby? Bitch. Oh, fucking hell. The game just straight up calls you a bitch for picking it on easy mode. Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's like, oh, oh, video game. And that's the thing. That's the kind of mentality of like, I don't want that in video games. Yeah. 
that kind of shit is like why video games take such a long time to like garner respect from non-gamers i guess it's in yeah, their head they're it. still just looking at marketing material with like booth babes everywhere and like mm-hmm. oh this game's gonna make you the bitch like john romero will make you his bitch you his bitch i like this one uh, them's fighting hurts um, the ai difficulty goes from level one to level 10 and level one like feeling fine level two almost anxious level three slightly spookified Oh no! So this is um, um, a uh, action adventure mini level you go through. Oh, okay. Um, get, getting ghostly, halfway haunted, quite quiversome, tremendously terrifying, notably nightmarish. Oh god, make it stop! And just level ten is just ah. <laughs> and then the AI difficulty goes to uh, like Greenhorn, I like that. Contender, champion, insane. Welcome to die. Let's do this. Fuck yeah! <laughs> Welcome to die. Zesty Adventure. Elden Ring. I only want a Zesty Adventure through Elden Ring. Oh, do you know what you do? We need to combine all these. I want to go a G-Unit Soldier difficulty in Elden Ring. <laughs> <laughs> just make 50 cent. And just send 50 cent through this world with Crystal cent, Skull. Like, 50 cent as 50 cent, though. As 50 cent, yeah, and he's got his shotgun. Like, he doesn't He doesn't get to equip any of these like, high-strength weapons or... Guts his great no, just, sword, right? He's just got to run through with his shotgun. I reckon, though, if 50 Cent played Elden Ring, he'd be like, I want that fucking great sword. Like, <laughs> I, I get the feeling a lot of rappers are huge fucking nerds. I mean, I wouldn't know whether to qualify that. It's because I based it on, uh, during the pandemic, I watched a lot of uh, these interviews GQ do mm. with uh, celebrities of, like, what do you not travel without it's like 10 things that you see as being like you know the most important objects you own mm. and they have a lot of rappers and stuff on there and they have some of like the basic ones of stuff like oh yeah like here's like my million dollar gold chain but a lot of rappers are like here's my nintendo switch yeah yeah <laughs> so here's my nintendo switch here's my manga here's my anime oh god and it's like yeah so what else are you gonna do on the road uh i don't know i mean i guess like when you can finally fucking get your hands on one, you could spend six hundred pounds to play Elden Ring on the go. That's so good. Just, uh, just play my Switch. I can't. I can't get over. I, I really, really can't get over Zesty Adventure. Like, it's really tickled me as that. That has tickled me so much. Like, you need to call this one a Zesty Adventure through the discussion of video game difficulty. Carl, I, I was already putting Zesty Adventure in the title. Do not worry. Damn, goddamn right. So, uh, do you want us to plug anything before we go, Lucas? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, you can just find me over on Twitch playing some games. Uh, that's twitch.tv slash Legend of Canto. Uh, find me on socials, Canto Legend underscore. Links are all in the description below. And for me, just at Carl Smallwood, I'm like, that's where you'll find all my stuff. And just, yeah, zesty adventure. Also, if you've got c- c- questions for the uh, Q&A section from... Uh, is it carlscornerqa at gmail.com? Like how many of those have we got? Is it uh, to I think it's probably time to do another one of those. And um, remember that you've got a chance to, to rate us on podcast services if you want to give us a shout out. Yeah, let, let people know that you enjoyed this zesty adventure. I'm never going to stop saying it. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to have to like Photoshop that. I'm going to have to Photoshop <laughs> this zesty adventure.